This is Moneyline on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow. Oh, yeah. Money on my mind. Hopefully it's money to your pocket. And I'm going to spit it out like this. Or I'm sorry, we can't. In COVID times, I can't be spitting out nothing. Let me let me speak it into existence. Excuse me. And it's going to start like this. I think the Rams are a good spot to take for this reason. That McVay has dominated this individual matchup. He's never lost against the spread to the Cardinals. Just go ahead to start that off. In division, 13-6. and six. So he takes those. I, he puts emphasis in division. When you have to see a team multiple times, I, I, I take a lot of that into context. And I am, if it tells me that he wins twice as much in these spots, that's a plus for me. Another thing that has me working is the head-to-head matchups. Check this out. 32 to 16 on average in the last five matchups. So Cardinals only score 16 points against this in the la- against that Rams defense. And this Rams defense this year I think is better than most outside of the Peters and Sue one, which was decent. Now, where do the points come from today if Murray's going to have trouble moving the ball? Because this is what they've scored. 31, 34, 31, 34, and 32. The Rams in those five games. On the other side, you have 20, uh, 24, 7, 9, 0. A lot of low scores. I think that the Rams is a steal at two and a half. Go ahead and hit that and hit it over the head. Another one that I'm going to tell you, and this one's a hold your nose special. Nobody wants to bet on the Jags. And I'm not going to tell you to bet on the Jags. I'm going to tell you to bet on the team total of the Jags. And this is why. Because the Vikings, they're going to put up points. And at home, they have the most combined average score of points while playing in Minnesota, 54. It's lower than that today. Why? I'm not sure because I do think the Vikings can score, meaning the game script entails the Jags chasing. So why can't the Jags score 20 points, 21 points, depends on where you have it. Whenever they scored 25 last week. They scored three against the Steelers. Okay, who doesn't? 20, 25, and 29 is what Jacksonville has scored. So it's not their offense. It's their defense holding them back. And on the other side, you have a team under Zimmer. Check this out. Zimmer's been fantastic as the Vikings coach. 34-19 and 19 at home as a favorite, 38-23. and 23. And outside of the division, 45-21. and 21. So then when you throw these all these equations into one thing, what does this mean? That as a non-divisional home favorite, he is 73% against the number. 73% of the uh, – so everything's leaning me towards points, towards team total, Vikings getting there. And if that happens, I do believe that Mike Glennon can get the ball downfield. He's going to have Chark back. And I think that the Jackson Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars can get to that team total. Give me the team total there and a little bit of sprinkle on the over for that game. That's all I have for you this week. Nice. All right, guys, it's time to get flexy. I got some flex plays. I got some borderline quarterbacks for you, so let's get into it right here. This guy, I know, he's been killing you. You took him in the first round, and he hasn't come through, but he has the best matchup possible, and I'm talking about Miles Sanders. He's playing the Packers this week. They give up either 100 yards or a touchdown to a running back every single week. Look, I know you're rolling the dice with starting any Eagles player, but Look, you drafted him high. You need him. It's very likely you don't have a better option than Miles Sanders. So I say get him in your lineup. The matchup's good. Just hope that he gets enough touches to carry you through. I'm hoping he comes through with about 16 points for you in a PPR. All right, let's move on. 
to uh, David Montgomery. He's playing the Lions, guys. He had a, a breakout game last week. The Lions are terrible against the run. I think you keep rolling with him. And then John, Jonathan Taylor against the Texans. I know, is it going to be him or Naeem Hines? I think Hines is a good flex option as well. But we know the Texans are bad against the run. I think you get him in your lineup this week. He's another guy you drafted high, Jonathan Taylor. You probably took him in the third or fourth round. Maybe he's figuring things out. Get him in your lineup. All right, Miles Gaskin. Look, if they're going to be running the ball more today because Tua's playing and they're playing Cincinnati, I think you get him in your lineup. You need him. You got to get in the playoffs. I think you can start him with some confidence. And then Clyde Edwards Elaire, you know, another guy that you took really early in the draft. He hasn't been great as of late. He's dealing with a bit of a stomach virus. He's mispracticed several days in a row. So that is a concern for him, but they expect him to play. And if he does play, I would get him in your lineup. But be careful. It's a late game. I believe it's the Sunday night game. So you have to have other options if he's inactive. Hopefully you have Le'Veon Bell and you have that situation handcuffed. All right, let's move to some quarterbacks. This was a game Jerry was just talking about. I think Kirk Cousins today against Jacksonville is a nice fantasy play. He's been going off lately. He has, and he's got some nice weapons. He's got Adam Thielen coming back. And let's face it, he's playing the Jags. It doesn't get much better than that. And we've had a lot of questions about Derek Carr. He's playing the Jets this week. I know he was awful. He killed you last week. But you probably don't have anybody better. Herbert's probably not on your waiver wire, so you might have to start Derek Carr. I think he can get you there in that matchup. And then finally, this game here in town, let's talk some receivers. I like Brandon Cooks because who else is Deshaun going to throw the football to today? And they're probably going to be chasing points. So I think Cooks is a guy that you can start. And then my dart throw of the week, he's a flex option. I'm not telling you to bench DeAndre Hopkins for him. But if there's ever a week to use T.Y. Hilton, I think this is the week against the Texans. You hope that that trend continues into this season. He has a big game. No Roby, nobody that can really run with him. Even though he's lost a step, I still don't think the Texans have anybody that can run with him in the secondary. Also like Debo Samuel this week, he tends to get a lot of targets, guys. They kind of treat him almost like a receiver running back. Get him in your lineup. Alan Lazard, I like him as well, especially in a PPR. I think he could come through. And finally, Dallas Goddard, play him this week because with Zach Ertz coming back, this might be the, the last week where – you have a good feeling for Goddard. I know Ertz is supposed to play today, but who knows how much he actually plays. And then Kyle Rudolph. I I like him against the Jags as well. And that's all I got for you. There you have it. Now the text line's going off. They need to be on the right side. And it starts like this. Again, 713-780-3776. Go ahead and call us. Shoot us some text, a tweet, whatever you want to do. Smoke signals. Because they ask you, and this one comes in a form of smoke signal. Let's start. David Moore or Zach Mox in the flex? Oh, God. Man, I, I think man, you just go with Moss and hope he falls in the end zone. This one also comes in form of smoke signal because this guy's been smoking. Gurley or David Johnson? Oh, I'd go with Gurley. Got to go with Gurley. Don't even mention David Johnson right now. It's too important. You've come too far. This is we are one step from the playoffs, or this is the playoffs. Get comfortable. It's got to be Gurley here. And I know that it's, 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 a, it's a risk. They're both risky, right? Yeah, but I'll take I'd rather on my grave to say death by Gurley than associated, you know, than association by Johnson. No, I'm with and both of them have been banged up, so they're not even just risky because of their how many fantasy points they've been racking up, but they've been hurt. So with Gurley, at least he's finding the end zone regularly. You hope that he scores for you this week. Chiefs defense or Ravens defense? Man, that one's interesting. A lot of people are on the Chiefs defense this week. You know, the Ravens are having some some injuries. You know, Jimmy Smith went down. So, you know, Marcus Peters just hasn't been playing very well. But they're both great matchups. And this one's tough right here. He gives us a, a few names. Pick three of these guys. 
Robinson, James Robinson, Sanders, Chubb, Hunt, or Gaskin. So let's – oh, do you ever start – okay, let's just – like this. Do you ever start Chubb and Hunt if you have one team? So do we eliminate one of the, right off the top? Probably. I'm, I'm starting Chubb. He's the, he's the best player in that group. Chubb. So then is it James Robinson, Miles Sanders, or Gaskin? Two. I, James Robinson's been incredible. You have to. You, he, if he fell into your lap and you got so lucky with him, don't get cute now. Mm-hmm. You, he's the reason you even have a chance if you're asking this. So now you have – you have Chubb and Robinson. So is it Sanders or Gaskin? Man, th- th- that's a tough one right there. Uh, most people would probably go Gaskin, but I'm a, uh, I don't know. I'm, I love punishment, I guess. I'm kind of leaning towards Miles Sanders. I think he's been playing well, Jerry. They just haven't been getting the ball to him enough. Should I start Gore or Dobbins? Man, I think I'd go with Dobbins, I guess. It hurts, it hurts my feelings. I know. We had another guy say that. He had his bye week this week, and he went from having Ronald Jones and McCaffrey to starting Frank Gore and Akins. Just think about that. Just, just that's just bad. But again, we're gonna say a prayer for you here on Moneyline. We also do that. It's a, it's a, it's a circle of prayer for you starting Frank Gore today. May all the the years of youth be with you, Frank. <laughs> I mean, Frank's been okay. That offense is just so bad. It, it, it's, it's, it's really tough. Edward, Edward Hilaire or Booker. Or Gibson, man, Gibson's been unreal, right? I, I don't, I can't get away from Gibson. Did, what do you think about Hilaire going forward? Do you think they're I, saving him? Do you, do you think there's something to this? Was it the Le'Veon Bell edition? Is it just a game scripts? What is it? I think it's been game script. They just they threw the hell out of the ball. What Tyreek Hill have like 250 yards or something last week? In the battle of the uncle I never had or wanted, is it Rivers or is it Ryan Tannehill? Oh man, that one's actually. A little bit interesting because, you know, he has that great matchup, Philly Rivers, but I, I'm not, I can't do it, especially with that toe. I'm going to roll with Tannehill. Marvin Jones or Tyler Boyd? Oh, God. I, I guess I'm going with Marvin Jones. I, the, the Bengals just, they're a mess without Joe Burrow. Gazeki or is it Jared Cook in a, in a cook-off going down? <laughs> uh, I think with this one, I'd, I'd probably go with Gazeki. I mean, you, you don't love it, but. You know, maybe Tua's, you know, getting it in the short intermediate levels and he throws to his tight end. Let's break that game down then right there with Tua. And what do we what, what do we expect out of that game today? Nobody else better to have in studio here than Dell. What are your expectancies of, of that game? Furious Dolphin fans because they're going to have a problem with Chan Gailey if his recent, and it's the only thing can be recent with Tua, if that continues, because you watched last week Ryan Fitzpatrick go four or five wide at times. The Dolphins at one point, I don't know, it was about the run the pass or the pass to run ratio is like 28 to five. Like they just threw the ball every time and rightfully so. The Jets, they're, they're better run stoppers and the Dolphins had some issues with their backs. And it was noted by fumbles on back to back possessions by two different guys. They both got benched. If he decides I'm going to play conservative, conservatively, and you talk about Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin is coming off the IR, yeah. and the Dolphins only have one health, really one healthy guy they've given carries to. The other one is Patrick Laird, so he might get some. But Miles Gaskin coming off an injury is probably going to get a lot of the workload unless Gailey does what Dolphin fans want want him to do: open it up. What what did Tua do in college? Three wide, four wide, the RPO stuff. Dolphin fans want to see that. Gailey has been a guy who's been reluctant to do it. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do. He's had two different game plans, depending on the quarterback. As far as defense is concerned, Ryan Finley's going to have a rough day. I mean, the Dolphins are ball hawks. Zayvon Howard, despite missing time a lot of time last year, leads the league in interceptions over the last couple of years. 
I expect the Dolphins to create turnovers, probably set up a short field for their for the team because that's what that defense does. I the interesting thing about that game when you're talking about Kasicki and others, will Chan Gailey call the same game that he did with Fitzpatrick? If he doesn't, taking Kasicki is probably not your best bet. If he does, you have a shot. You have a shot. I mean, he's got to throw the ball to somebody, right? I mean, yes. You know, Parker, Gesicki, I mean, he's got to throw it to somebody. Yeah, it's just about whether that thumb is, is okay and also whether Gailey will allow for that to happen. You would think the Bengals don't pose most much of a threat, um, so you, you would hope, but he could just decide – Hey, we're just gonna go two tights. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play conservatively and get out of there with the win. See, that's what I worry about, Dell, because the spread is ten, and I feel like this could be a kind of a, a slow, low-scoring game where the Dolphins are just trying to get out of there with with an easy win, and it, it could be closer than people anticipate. Yeah, but if we're talking, see this this is this weird thing with the Dolphins as far as what the plan is, because sure you're in a playoff picture, sure you want Tua to develop, but you know this. They dropped the Denver game, which was part of a run where they were playing a lot of teams under 500. Cincinnati concludes that. All of a sudden, you see the you see the Chiefs come into town next week. How does it help you to when you know you're going to have to score points to to just okay? Let's find a way to get out of here 27 to 10 or whatever or 20 to 10. Excuse me, whatever the score might be. If you if two is a guy, he's going to have he's going to play a guy next week where you're probably going to score 30. Yeah, I'm, I don't. It, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to decide against the Bengals that we're just gonna we're just gonna close ranks and just try to get out of there, run the football, and win the game. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it's it's it particular to that scenario because you want to get in a groove, right? You want to. It, it's nothing better than seeing two a complete passes for himself and get could get, be like a tune up game for them. Exactly, and I like that. And then when we talk about Gizeki, check this out: seven hundred and eighteen yards to the tight end position. That's what they've allowed. So that's I mean, the opportunity is there. Now, when I talk about opportunity, I was going to fire up Parker today if, if it was Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Check this out. 1,585 yards and 10 touchdowns on throws to Parker. That's what Fitzpatrick had. That was his guy. It was. He likes those big-bodied receivers. But we always talk about young quarterbacks getting their guy. We see it with Herbert and Allen. Yep. When does Tua become get his guy? He's going to. You develop that trust. And I know it's not been there because he hasn't really had the moment because he started, then he didn't, then he got to. Once he gets to start and gets going in the groove, someone's going to become, he's going to have that that connection with him. He has Parker. I like Parker. I mean, I like Parker. Me I too. like what they have. I just, just I, been injuries with him over the years. I like what they have overall. This, what y'all said, that first score that you said, 27 10, I got it painted right around there. Really? 30 10, 27 yeah. 10. Yeah. Like, I, that's, you hit it right when you said that. I started laughing because I'm looking at 30 to 10 literally right here. I think that depends on what Chan Gailey wants to do. Now, clearly, if they, they do, if they've done the pass against bad teams or young quarterbacks, uh, they pick a guy off or they block a punt, which is what they've done, then you can get that score without the offense. They've proven that. But I would just be I would be cautious and and you can't do it inside the game. But this I guess you can live bet stuff. But will Gailey allow Tua to become the quarterback everyone wants him to be? Call a game plan that says, okay, we trust you fully. Let's go get it. For our live betters, though, is there something that you should we should look at to say, yeah, he's letting it rip, or is it? Or if it, uh, there's something to, to to tell you, man, that's the game plan. Back up. Watch watch the first couple possessions, see the formations because. Like I said, they almost went no huddle last week with Fitzpatrick, four or five wide. We have not seen that with Tua. Now, it, it was unique to Fitzpatrick in last week, but if he duplicates that, because he said after the game, at least in practice this week, Tua starting to understand the offense more and more, sure, is behind Fitzpatrick, but he's catching up really quickly. If you see a bit of tempo early and you see 
spread formations, then you say, okay, this is this things are different. But if you see those closed sets, three tight ends, two tight ends, then then you know uh, you're in for you're in for a conservative game plan. Hopefully we're not conservative the rest of these 40 minutes because Josh got flexy. I gave you a little bit of money in my mind. We have some games to get to, and then we're going to put our names on a little something. It's Sunday morning. We got Christmas lights getting hung. I know you're listening right now. Chuck, shout out to you, and shout out to everyone that listens to Money Line every single Sunday. It's go time. ESPN. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. I got to let that play out a little bit. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The squad is here and accounted for. It's Josh Jordan. It's Dell. Let me not butcher. And I'm gonna I practice this on the way here. Dell Olale. I practice it on the way here, and I wasn't gonna butcher that. I even listened to it twice. You like that, Josh? It's you got gonna, it. Yeah. It's perfect. gonna be a winning day here on Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. Go ahead and hit us up. Because you got about 40 minutes to make that decision whether you're gonna proceed your playoff dreams or they're going to come to an end and then you know how that following week after you get eliminated from playoffs of uh, fantasy season and it comes to an end that first week right that following you look at the tv and you're like what am i even doing it's the worst that's when you you do your daily fantasy even more hardcore right or you go over to DraftKings. yeah yeah yeah, that's what yeah DraftKings or whatever the case is um because i say that because i'm remember i'm I've been exiled from DraftKings for whatever reason, so I, I look. I'm looking at y'all from from the Fanduel side. Just let me in, and I hate Fanduel. <laughs> I mean, look, they're both great. They, you know, they have their their positives and negatives for sure. But I mean, when you have no more season long fantasy, that's the only way to do it. So and I say that loosely, over there. not hate Fanduel. I just like the PPR aspect, the full point PPR I, I aspect too. of. DraftKings. That's all it is, to be honest with you, because over there, it's a whole different game. You know, last year, if you look at who was the high-scoring receiver, well, non-PPR, Tyreek, right? Because But then on PPR, with guys that get volumes, it, what was it? Is it Adams that ended up? Or whoever it was, it, you, it's it's different. And same thing in DFS. If you're using, if you got that extra half point that you're getting point for every reception, it's a difference. And my game never, I just never adjusted, man. And I, I can't pull off. I don't think I've ever withdrawn on FanDuel just how bad I am there. Like, because I win, but I just don't withdraw it, you know? No, that, that makes sense. And I mean, really, PPR has become the standard. I mean, most leagues are PPR leagues now. So when we're asked these questions, keep in mind, Jerry and I, are, we're talking about PPR. So if you are in a standard league and you're asking us a question, let us know that because that changes things. Remember when PPRs first started really getting big and, and it, you, if you were a standard guy and then the PPR guy would walk in trying to be that guy like, oh, y'all don't play PPR? Mm-hmm. Like if you were like the it's outsider? Like the fantasy snob. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they'd be like, you, oh, y'all still, y'all still play standard scoring? <laughs> Peasants. Yeah, exactly. 
PPR, finally when you started getting in PPR, you realized, okay, I mean, this isn't bad. It's more, there's more scoring. I think more scoring makes it more fun. You, you want to see points. That's, that's what makes you jump off the couch is watching guys get points for your team. This guy didn't tell us if it's PPR or not, so we'll just think it's PPR. Mike Williams or Hilton, you know how he feels about Hilton today. Yeah, I mean, look, that he's, I just, I like his shot of, of doing something this week. So, but I get it if you want to start Mike Williams. He's a big dude. It's a good offense, but I'm just the Texans without Roby. I just feel like that's a good matchup, so that's what I'm going to roll the dice with. Flex play, Claypool or Landry? Man, I, I'll i go Claypool, but in a PPR, Landry, he's going to get more catches. I think Claypool has more upside. Landry's a little safer. Let's get to the rest of these games. All right, let's do it. All right, we got a few to get to, guys. We've already hit on some of them, but let's jump into this Jacksonville-Minnesota game. This one is it's favored by 10 by the Vikings. Kirk Cousins starting to feel it. Justin Jefferson looks incredible. They get Adam Thielen back, but is that enough to cover the 10 points, my man? I know that, ja- or I'm predicting that Jacksonville is going to be able to score some as well, and that's why I'd rather lean to points in this matchup rather than a side. But I do think that Minnesota is going to score that 30, 33-point range somewhere around there. So then you start asking yourself, can Jacksonville score 20? Because that's what they're going to 30 to 20, 30, 31, 21, somewhere around there. I do. I think that that's where it's at. The guy asked earlier about James Robinson. Yeah. Don't get cute. He's top five in the NFL in touches, total yards, 12 all-purpose touchdowns. You have to go with him. And the reason that I like Jacksonville to be able to keep up points, we talk about, we laugh about the Cowboys' pass defense all the time, right? Minnesota second as far as pass touchdowns allowed, only two less. We They're talk, not good. No, just think about that. We talk about the Cowboys. They're only two passing touchdowns behind that defense allowed. So they're going to score fast today because we know Jacksonville is pretty bad on defense. They're going to be missing four defensive backs. The defensive lineman Allen out. No Big. pressure. So, okay, Minnesota moves the ball at will. So then more possessions for Jacksonville. I think that that, man, that's such a, uh, such a sharp play in my in my opinion because Jacksonville's going to have to chase. Glennon can get it down the field. Last week they put up pretty much that point. Look, look at what Minnesota's allowed this this year at home. They have 54 points on average at home in their home games. It just everything points to total. I'm painting that game at 34-24, 34-23-ish, somewhere around there. Okay, I, I like that. So it's close to, to right where the spread is. What about DJ Chark this week? Coming off that rib injury, you know, got in some limited practices. They took him off the injury report on Friday. I'm starting him. I don't have a lot of better options, but I will say this. As a DJ Chark owner, I've, I've had him on my team the past couple of years. He typically plays well coming off of injury. He, he usually comes back and has a good game. He, he likes to – look, he plays for the Jags, and it's late in the year, and he's pressing through injuries. This guy – he loves football. He cares. He wants to go out there and play well. So I think you can get him in your lineup. What about Dalvin Cook? There's a lot of talk about him being beat up. Do you think maybe they, you know, try and take some some carries off him this week? They were running to the ground for a for a span there, and he's also a good pass catching back. And it's it, I don't understand why they do that when they have a guy like Madison, and I don't think he's going to be there today. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. But this week. usually they have someone like yeah. that, and they were doing it early in the year. Not now. Don't get me wrong; everyone's scenario is different. Maybe they they figured, hey, we have to make our run right here for the season. We'll worry about that later. But we've seen that. Along the years with Henry, for example, as the Titans were learning, and not not so much this season because they've ran him, they've had to, but 
previous years, you saw them gradually and towards the end of the year, you start seeing Henry start getting his carries. That's what I think they should have done with um, with Cook, especially with him already being a guy that's been injured before and then a the guy that there was talk about the offseason. Remember, uh, is he going to sign? Is he going to hold out? Then he came out and said, I never said I was going to hold out. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of question marks there. I do think they go off. We talked about Jefferson and what he is. Man, where does Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, go off next year as far as drafts? Man, he's going to be a maybe a third-round receiver, maybe even a late second round. Depends on how he finishes the season. But he's almost at 1,000 receiving yards already, and it, we're just going into week 13. I think he has six touchdowns on the year. So we talked about this before the show. I mean, the rookie wide receivers this year have been amazing. They really have. And, and that was why so many people were upset with the Texans for not – you know, using that second round pick on a receiver because there were so many good ones. But I mean, CD Lamb's been incredible. Jerry Judy's been good. <laughs> Just think about that draft and those receivers. T, T. Higgins is having a nice season. I mean, there are a lot. And of course, yes. Jeff, Jefferson's yes. been amazing. Yes. Yes. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, would you take him? I was like, you. I was, I was picturing you asking me, would you take this guy on the Texans round? I was like, yes, 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 yes. All those receivers. That was a heavy wide receiver draft. You could have gotten Jefferson in the second round. And you're not having to pay him $11 million a year like you are Brandon Cooks. But, hey, you know, we can't rewrite history. It is where they are right now. So, all right, so you like you like the points in this game, right? Yeah, I just think that the game script tells you that. I don't, I'm, I don't believe that the Vikings are going to be stopped 33, 34, somewhere around points. And then on the other side, they allow passing touchdowns. Glennon is going to be able to throw it down the field on them. This smells of points, it does. Okay, and I think if you're desperate, Kyle Rudolph might be somebody at tight end. You can start against Jacksonville. You know, look, you're not in a great place if you're starting him at tight end, but if you just need a dart throw to catch a touchdown, this might be the week. He's, it's his year high. He had eight targets last week, so that was his yearly high. It's, it's got to mean something, hopefully. So it's trending positive. All right, let's move on to this Jets game. Everybody's excited about this one. Yeah, right. All right, Vegas, they got, they got no Jacobs this week. So what do you think about Booker? You have to like him because of the share of the offense that Jacobs entails, right? Like, he gets the ball. They love to force feed him. My question is this. Do they keep the same game plan? Are they going to change it up some and knowing they're playing the Jets say, all right, let's let's take those touches away because he's not Jacobs and let's go ahead and throw the ball we can throw on the Jets? Is that the game plan today for Gruden and company? I mean, you got to think, you know, Waller's going to be involved big time here. I mean, he is every week. I think they're going to throw the ball around, but I think Booker's – I think he's a solid number two running back this week. Now, with Carr, he's finished top 12 in just two of 11 starts. Earlier, the guy that asked, and that's why I didn't want to say it was hands down, but the offense is there for him. It's, it is. It's just, I'm not sure. What is it? Why is it that that the, that their offense is pretty good? They move the ball, but this Carr, just as a fantasy guy, just doesn't put a mark. He's inconsistent. Remember, he had that huge game, and... I, I pushed him that week against the Chiefs. He played a brilliant game against the Chiefs. They almost won that game again against Kansas City, and then he just laid a stinker last week. So it's just he's so inconsistent, you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Who's inconsistent? The Jets' defense as far as against tight ends. They let up the stinker as well. They allowed two touchdowns to tight ends last week. Waller smash spot. No more than hey, three other defenses have allowed points to the tight end position, more points. Waller's going to smash today, you would think. No doubt about it. The matchup's fantastic for him. And I guess if you're desperate, Frankie Gore, are you playing him? I mean, if you need a flex, maybe he falls in the end zone for you. I think he could fall in the end zone. Hopefully he doesn't fall too hard and break a hip. Yeah. Right? And Vegas is bad against running backs. 
Now let's talk about the other side of the ball because for two weeks we saw the Jets put up 27, 28. Then all of a sudden Adam Gay steps back up and says, I'm taking back over the play calling duties. It was someone else play call, take, uh, calling those plays. Why would you do that if the team scored 27 and 28? I don't know. Did he like make a bet against his own team? I, I'm just not. I just. I don't know what to say going forward with this team. I don't know how Gase keeps his job. He gets other jobs. You know what I mean? Not only does he leave one job to another, I'm not surprised if he. Some people say he's better. They should put him on a staff rather than having him be the head guy. But I don't even think that. I don't want him anywhere close to my team. I know you're you're an Adam Gase lover. Uh, (laughs) He just, that look that he just gave me like, (laughs) what? No, he already tarnished that team for a little bit. And you saw when guys leave there. You started seeing Drake. Oh, he has talent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very convenient, right? I'm staying away all the way around from this, but there is points to be had. I just eight and a half points, eight points, depending on where your book has it now. A lot of sharps are thinking that the, take the points here. No, that makes a lot of sense. All right, guys, we're up against a break. Next on the other side, we're going to get to the Saints-Falcons game, right, Jerry? Yeah, Saints-Falcons game, and then uh, we're going to give you a little bit of props, a little bit of everything here coming up. Stick with us. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. When it comes to sports betting, SportsMapBets.com is the site you need. From weekly betting guides to single-game breakdowns of the point spread, money line, over-under, and more, SportsMapBets has all the info you need to make the best play. SportsMapBets.com. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. We're running out of time here, so get your questions in because I know it's, it's a pivotal week for your team. Maybe it's a pivotal week for you as far as gambling. You need today to get to the right side, and hopefully we can get you over there. Hopefully it's at my bookie. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. My guy Ozzy says, "Is it scary Terry McNorin, Pittman, or Julio?" I, I think Pittman is the odd man out, and we're going to get to this uh, Falcons game here. But Julio is active. Todd Gurley is active. I mean, you drafted Julio either in the first or second round. Th- this is when you need him most. I, I know there's some downside if he you know messes up that hamstring. It, it could kill you this week, but. Man, it's Julio. He said he felt good on Friday. I think you just gotta you gotta roll with him. You gotta start him. So, what do we think about this game and the Taysom Hill experiment? I'm not gonna say it's been successful. Some would say he's covering spreads. I'm mm-hmm. not. Saying, I'm not gonna say it's efficient. It's working for them. This team gets to see him twice because they 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 were part of that experiment when it first started. What do you think as far as the spread? Because it's been at three at minus one ten ish. Now that Julio's confirmed in, it's still at three minus one twenty five. It hasn't moved off the key number. I was when whenever you said that, I looked and I was thinking I was I was pretty sure that it was going to be at three and a half. It hasn't moved at all. Do you like those points? This one scares me a little bit, right? A lot of people are on the Falcons, and just a few weeks ago, remember the Saints just smashed the Falcons. I mean, it was ugly, and people were all over the Falcons that day, betting wise as well. The steam, right? And I think something to consider here: the people that do like the Falcons is Janoris Jenkins isn't going to play, Marcus Davenport isn't going to play, 
So the Saints defense is is not the exact same Saints defense that we saw a couple weeks ago. They're missing some some crucial pieces, but boy, Matt Ryan is just so inconsistent as well. But he we know he's a lot better when Julio's on the field, and he has Julio. For me, I like Calvin Ridley in this spot because that means that he's probably going to have some single coverage that he can take advantage of. In the last four weeks, the Saints have given up a combined twenty eight points. That's uh, they're playing well, but yeah. but there are some holes today. Yep, Julio's there. Julio gets going today. Is it a Calvin Ridley game? Where are you putting your marbles if you can only start one? Say DFS wise. Oh man, I guess just out of pure injury scaring me, I, I would go with Calvin Ridley because you know if he tweaks that hamstring, Julio that is early in the game, that could be it. Someone else that's been struggling because of Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. What do we do with him? Obviously, we always use the phrase, don't get too cute on this Start show. Start your studs, yeah. Latavius Murray, though, it's something to it. Maybe it's the way that we always talk about running quarterbacks. Maybe the space in between them, he doesn't have the space in between them to be able to get him out into the flats. Whatever the case is, he's taking a step back. It's Latavius Murray. At the worst time, if you're a Kamara owner, you're thinking, why? Why now? Bring Breeze back, something this is the worst possible timing for Latavius Murray to start going out here and throwing up multiple touchdowns. And we saw this last year a little bit with Latavius Murray, too. So we know he can do this from time to time. I think it's the Saints being smart. They know Kamara's been a little banged up. So they're taking some of that workload off him as they get close to the playoffs, where you know we're seeing the opposite with Dalvin Cook with how beat up he is, and he's going to have to go out and probably play a lot today. So, look, you, you start Kamara every week, but – Latavius Murray, he, I see I, he's actually being started against me in one of my leagues. He could have another big game, but he could also get 30 yards and no touchdown. 71% of Taysom Hill's fantasy points come from himself running. So what does that do for the rest of the team? Because obviously not getting too cute. Michael Thomas, he, but is there anybody else? Because we figured out Taysom Hill, he's a taker. He's not a giver. No, That guy is not a giver <laughs> I was about to make a joke there, but I decided not to. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think you could start Taysom Hill this week. With, look, he's going to run, and, and you hope he runs in a touchdown for you. That, he's going to run like the wind. He's going to run like the wind. And Michael Thomas, I mean, he had one really good game where he caught like 10 passes. So he's been a little up and down. But I look, don't get too cute. Like you just said, this is if you have some of these really good Saints players, they've carried you this far, keep starting them. Same thing with the Falcons guys. It's... Look, you, you probably don't want to play Emmanuel Sanders or somebody like that, but you know, you're starting Michael Thomas. Ridley, he likes to get cute all over that defense. He's faced him five times. Check this out. Five for 90, eight for 91, one dud, three for 28, eight for 93 in a touch, seven, 146, three touchdowns in one game. That was that big game we can all remember if you're part of the fantasy world or even gambling. Yep. I remember that as well. Do you, uh, what do you think? I mean, do how do I do you fire him up as far as DFS knowing that who do you think has a higher ownership? In other words, in tournaments, are you going, do you think Julio has a higher ownership? So you go Ridley or do you do go the opposite? I mean, I would think Ridley would be owned by more people just because we weren't sure if Julio was even going to play. And, and I don't know about you, Jerry, but when I do DFS, I hate gambling on guys that are hurt because I can pick anybody, right? So why am I going to pick a guy that I know is hurt? So I'm probably going to you know, fade Julio Jones this week. What I do think is interesting is Janoris Jenkins has actually been, by PFF's numbers, 
the best cornerback for the Saints this but, year. It, yeah. ha- it hasn't been Lattimore. Mm-hmm. So I think that with him being out this week, I think that, that bodes very well for both Julio and Calvin Ridley. Because then you ask, we, and we always say that whenever there's an injury, someone's got to fulfill the needs. So then whenever someone does fulfill the need, then that opens up a spot. You, it's, it's a waterfall effect yep. where, where they move the, I guess, the focus, the defense. Okay, let's focus here. Then wherever the focus was moved from, obviously has an, an advantageous matchup. It does. And, and on the other side of the ball, Matt Ryan, he, having Julio on the field is the way he's played most of his career. So he knows what coverages are what by the way they're playing Julio. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's used to. So it's good for him that he's going to see the field in a normal way this week because Julio's going to be there. He's going to attract the amount of coverage he typically does every week. So I think that's good for Matt Ryan as far as seeing things. But, man, he got – what, he get sacked like eight times the last time he played the Saints, something like that. So watch out. If Ryan's under pressure, it's not going to matter. We're under pressure because there's only one segment left. And then you get to your fantasy playoffs. You get to the gambling Sunday. You get to that delicious beer. And you get to that barbecue that's hopefully already going. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. It's the last segment. Your last chance to get anything off your chest. Fantasy-wise. Fantasy football-wise, to be particular. Let's get right to these games. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. We haven't talked about this one at all. Cleveland, Tennessee. Tennessee favored by four. The game is in Tennessee. Uh, the number feels about right. What, what do you think in this one, Jerry? Do you have a play for the people? I don't really have a play. It's. I think this game is a is a field goal game for whatever reason. But I'm just. I don't know if I could trust the Browns. Whenever Baker has to go out there and win a game, he might have to make some plays today. And I'm not. I don't ever want to back him whenever he has to make plays. I like. I like the Browns to play him as front runners. That makes sense. I think. We, you know, we actually saw a breakout from Jarvis Landry last week. I think a lot of that was just because they went three straight weeks where the weather was terrible. You know, they finally played a game in normal conditions, and we saw the offense take off. But I'm with you. I think they're just going to run the ball here. Tennessee going to do a lot of the same. So I'm passing on this one. I'm I'm not – I don't feel good enough to lay down any money on this one. Me as well. And also, like I mentioned earlier, Baker hasn't had over 30 pass attempts since week five. Just, just, Just take that into context. What have they been doing since week five? Winning a lot. What have they been doing now? Eight and three, the Browns. That's the first lose, uh, winning year in 12. They broke the, the streak 12 consecutive losing seasons. The Browns faithful can rejoice. Man, it, it, remember, I'm, everybody was on them last year. I'm taking nothing. the Browns to the Super Bowl. Browns to the Browns to the Super Bowl. I think I've After heard that the before. Show. <laughs> After the show. All right, let's move along. The Giants play in Seattle. Oh, you ready for some Colt McCoy, Jerry? Woo! Yeah, that's what we're going to see this week. He's going to pull out his little pea shooter all over that. While over there, you got an assault rifle on the other side of Russell Wilson. Many people are putting the context of what is this Giants defense that's been respectable. They've been okay. But I don't think that the teams that are playing against are going to matter. 
I don't think that the game script, it's played into their favor. They've played teams that they could play like that. If they get down 10 points, what happens with Colt McCoy? How many turnovers can he have? I'm all over the the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Me too. The number's at 10 and a half. Do you like them that much? Maybe not that much. She's cute, but not that cute. You know what I mean? (laughs) She's cute, but not that cute. Yeah, she's good from far, but far from good. That kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm with you. What about Chris Carson here? It looks like... uh, Carlos Hyde is going to try and play, so they'll be splitting some time. Chris Carson, you love him, but, man, he's been banged up. I, I, you know, I guess if you need him, you're playing him this week, but you know, maybe lower your expectations a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you as far as that. I don't know if I can trust either one of them, but somebody's going to get it. Someone We know that they're going to get some, especially if they open up a 10.5-point lead. What does that tell you? Game script? All of a sudden, someone's running the ball. Whoever gets that hand, maybe it can be Hyde. Maybe it, who knows? But if you can catch that, that lightning in a bottle, then in DFS world, you're for sure separating yourself from the pack. No doubt. With the Giants, I think Evan Ingram's the only guy I'm even considering starting. Uh, I think this is the week where the Wayne Gallman experiment slows down. I, I don't I, I don't love him against this Seattle defense. And, of course, Tyler Lockett, a lot of people wonder about him. He's very boomer bust, but you got to start him. His upside's massive. DK Metcalf is, is unbelievable. You're starting him every week. Uh, anybody else in this game before we move on? No, that's it. And just the news going forward, Josh Gordon will be reinstated in week 16. I saw that. I bet he's thinking, why did I come here? And NBA's got no marijuana rules. I should have gone in hoop to <laughs> start working on my jump shot. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you want to see me? Show, you want to see me dunk? Let's get to the next. Game. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, this the Eagles. My God, are they just? They are so hard to watch right now. They are so bad. Carson Wentz is a disaster. He, he's even making Miles Sanders. You know, he's like, man, he's making my beer taste bad. He is so terrible this year. Not, I mean, Dallas Goddard. I think you can roll with him this week, but. You know, Miles Sanders and Goddard, probably the only two guys on the Eagles that I'm considering starting, nobody else. And I'm still even worried about Sanders, but it's the matchup is so good over the course of the year. The Packers having a, a big, big problem with, you know, stopping the run. What about the other side of the ball? Aaron Rodgers has been unbelievable. Devontae Adams should have a huge week. And he always torches this defense. It's it's a big week. Rodgers is matchup proof. He already proved that. Now we say again, game script. If they get up big, what's why? What's the what, why would the Packers want to stay on the gas? That's what you always got to ask yourself: Is the back door going to be open? Because the last thing you want to do is have that back door open and just be sitting there praying, playing prevent defense. It's the worst, it, it, and it's an eight and a half. I mean, is the back door open for? Okay, let me ask you like this: Will it be more than a fourteen point game late in that game? In that in that fourth quarter to where you're you're like is it open or not that's how i always ask myself or is it confidently where you could say all right i'm comfortable i i feel like the packers will pull this off i mean even the eagles last week if they didn't get that hail mary that game is not nearly as close so yeah and even after tyreek hill went off for 60 points adam still leads all the nfl just that just goes to show you how great he's been and he's missed a game or two and and he still leads the league after 60 point performance just think about that to put things in perspective i'm passing all the way around but yeah packers should have their way yeah I, i think so too all right new england versus the chargers la is at home they are favored by two Man, rookie quarterbacks against Belichick. We know what that looks like. 5-20 and 20 is the record they hold against them. We spoke about this game quite a bit earlier. What's Belichick's mindset? What is he going to take away? Is it Allen? Is it Eckler? What is he going to do? I like the uh, the Patriots here some at plus points. Just with that, just knowing how bad the, the coaching discrepancy is here. No, that that's a very fair point. I, I think the Chargers still get some points in this game, but... It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Patriots cover here or even get away with a win. We've seen the Chargers just find a way to lose close games 
over and over this season. He hasn't lost to a rookie quarterback since 2013. Man, that tells you everything right there. All right, let's go over to Kansas City and the Broncos. Do you have a play in this one, Jerry, before we get out of here? No. They talked about it earlier, and I'm just going to tell you, that, break it down like this if you're asking yourself, can they cover Look at how much the Chiefs score. They usually don't score more than 34, 35 points. Although they are a high-scoring team, that's usually what they cap it off. They've only beat that like two or three times in the last like 30 games. Keeping that frame of thought, so then if they're going to score 34, 35, and then the, the spread's 13 and a half, 14 points, can Denver score 21 points? And if you can answer any of those questions confidently saying yes or no, that's where you get your handicap. Put your name on something, Josh. All right, let's do it. All right, guys, this week I've been talking about T.Y. Hilton. You can get his prop bet of receiving yards at 44 and a half. And he's kind of a deep field guy anyway, a deep field threat, deep ball threat. I think if he has a decent game, he's going to go over 44 and a half yards. So I'm putting my name on that. T.Y. Hilton, over 44 and a half. What you got, Dell? I'm pretty sure everyone has a sneaking suspension, a suspicion the Browns aren't good. I think we find out they're not anywhere near the caliber of the other playoff teams, particularly the Titans, as they uh, see them on the road. I like it. I'm going to put my name on one Cooper Cup, a guy that dominates the cover one, and then that's the team that he's going up against. They play cover one at the highest rate in the league. I believe that he gets the receptions prop over. I think he gets in the end zone. Fire those up. As for us, it's time to sign out like we do every single Sunday. We really, really appreciate you guys because because of you, we keep this show going. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. We love you all. So we sign off like this. Good luck. Make it to the next round of the playoffs or get into the playoffs. We're right behind you and bust your bookie over the head with some money. Signing off, it's Josh Jordan, it's Del Olale, and it's Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace! To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. ACA could be tweaked, reformed, or repealed in the future. But for now, employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help.